This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. I'm excited for this game. Not not from a fantasy standpoint. I don't know how many points are going to get scored. But it's going to be an old-fashioned, hard-nosed, hitting, actually good football game. Cleveland Browns taking on the Baltimore Ravens going into Baltimore. The Ravens are favored at minus six with an over-under of 37 and a half. Both teams have been great against the spread. Both teams have fantastic defenses. I'm taking the under here, and I'm going to say these two defenses just pound the hell out of each other. We're going to see uh, this old-school AFC North matchup game. J- uh, Gus Edwards is on the injury report with a toe issue. Uh, again, we'll talk to Brian Scott about it tomorrow, but my early feel on it is that we're expecting Gus Edwards to be able to play this upcoming week. To that end, because you're going to start Lamar if you have him. I would try not to start Deshaun Watson if you have him. Just Lamar is able to play well enough, even in this matchup, where you're not going to have better options. At least I don't think so. But Gus Edwards, this dude is just... Talk about Taysom Hill headaches. Like It doesn't make any sense, because his usage is not great. He's just falling in the end zone. Five carries for 52 yards and two touchdowns last week. That doesn't even happen. And you're going against the Cleveland Browns. I have to think against the Cleveland Browns, he is not going to find the end zone as easily as he has over the past few weeks. Having said that, I am still not as low as the ECR is on him, which shocked the hell out of me. They got him at RB26, him at RB20. Look, unless you think Keaton Mitchell is the next Devon A. Chan, (laughs) like Gus Edwards is still going to be the main guy. I mean, what am I missing here, Chris? As you take a drive. The hype, Dan. <laughs> they think he's going to be the next Devin A. Chain. That was a guy. Keaton Mitchell was one of the guys that that people liked a lot as a as a sleeper this year, as a guy that was undrafted free agent that they you know was going to be a guy they want to pick up on because his quickness and his speed. This is a guy I think that the community, the fantasy community, already wants to endear and love. So they're already figuring out reasons to kind of embrace him. We need Chase on the show right now because this is Gus Edwards. This is you know, know. You Gus Edwards. This is, we need to have a battle right now. But Dan, all the things about talking about Gus Edwards, five touchdowns in two weeks. Yeah, you really can't just put your nose up to that. So I think you know, right now, regardless who the opponent is, you're having Gus Edwards in your lineup. Agreed. I mean, you can't take him out. He's been too hot. But this is a match in which I think you just might have to temper expectations to some degree. However, he's still my lead back in Baltimore. I'm not. not I'm not saying that they're ranking Keaton Mitchell ahead of him, but to map Gut was Edwards, who's been on the hot streak down into your RB three territory on a heavy bye week. Uh, even I don't think that's the right thing to do in this situation. Uh, Jerome Ford, he looked back and healthy this week. I do have him at RB22. Got most of the carries and clearly took back his role as the pass catching back. As long as that his role, will Kareem Hunt limit his ceiling? Yes, because Kareem Hunt's still getting a good amount of red zone touches. Again, when he scored once again last week. But Jerome Forsell has that very safe floor. I'm ahead of the ECR on him. I think he's worth more of a low-end RB2 than a mid-level RB3. Adam, I also have Kareem Hunt ahead of the ECR, actually, too, at 25 and 32. Do you think these two backs were back to, like, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt days where you could just play both of them and know that you're going to be okay? 
I mean, I don't know if we're quite back there. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, it feels like it, though. It, it certainly doesn't feel that way watching it. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, I think the, the usage kind of supports it. They're both kind of going to get some touches to be just valuable enough. Um, I don't think it's the, the same in the sense that, like, Chubb for those years was a, you know, a low-end one, a high-end two. I don't think either of these guys are that, but they're both playable pieces. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, right, right now, you, I think you can play both of these guys, you, even in a matchup here. I think Freeman's more like a Zach Moss. That's my personal opinion. Hey, he falls in the end zone somehow. You're not really sure how it happens. It just seems to always happen every single week. You know, this is this is kind of what it boils down to. Um, oh, I know we talk about keeping Mitch a little bit, but just to harp on this, he had 14 snaps last week. At best case scenario, and Chris, maybe you can help me out with this, but this is how I see it. Best case scenario for Keaton, Keaton Mitchell is maybe he overtakes Justice Hill as that number two at some point. Uh, I think that's the best case scenario. People I've heard trying to make an argument out there that he could overtake the whole backfield. I'm just like, what are you talking about? But Gus Hauer's been too great, but could make the argument that maybe overtakes Justice Hill because Hill really has gotten a good amount of usage and has had little to show for it. Do you think that's a possibility or no? I think that he has to show more in other than just running the ball. I think that's kind of the key. Justice Hill gets his role because he's used a lot in the passing attack because he can pass protect because he's out there in pass situations because Edwards doesn't play in. Uh, if you're going to kind of knock into that, you're going to be able to do those kinds of things. What we saw Keith Mitchell get was Gus Edwards' role last week, which isn't necessarily open, and that's why he had those 14 touches and was able to dominate, especially in that fourth quarter, because he was used as the guy who kind of grounded out the rest of the game. If he's not used early downs, I don't think he necessarily gets the same kind of advantage as a Devin H. You know, some of the other guys you might see his offense that you're kind of looking him for him to be. I think he's more of a guy who's a spark here or there. But Paul winds up being more like a Jalen McLaughlin, where you just get it. You know, the coaching staff doesn't necessarily use him, but he has nice efficient numbers here or there. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Uh, Mari Cooper, I'm still playing him as a top 24 wide receiver. I got him at wide receiver 16 this week. Deshaun Watson's back in the building. That saves his floor, even in a tough match against Baltimore. Zay Flowers, though, he's not a must play for me. I got him as a wide receiver 33. His volume still keeps him in the top 36 conversation. You like him better in full point PPR than you do any other scoring formats. But there's just not much to be had, especially over the past few weeks not finding the end zone, not necessarily making big plays. I, I'm just—I love Zay Flowers. I'm super excited for him. Love what I was seeing earlier in this year, but it's like it's—it's—it's fizzled—it's fizzled out. And I don't know if he gets it back, Adam. And what's your take on Zay Flowers? Are we just kind of have to lower expectations the rest of the season, or do you think there's a bounce back here coming? I think there's a bounce back to a degree. Um, I'm kind of curious if it bounces back all the way, uh, but I do think he's going to kind of return to a high volume role. Uh, I just don't know if the depth of target is going to kind of shift a little bit further down the field. And I think that kind of caps off his upside. So I think he he will return to having a consistent role. I think the two weeks of under 20 yards is a fluke. Um, but the upside work uh, going down the field, I am genuinely concerned about. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at with this, too. Uh, Mark Andrews, you're playing him. He's my number one tight end on the week. David Njoku, been better as of late, but I guess Baltimore still outside of my top 12. Does anybody else have any other notes in this game? No, let's go to 